What's up, everybody? So I want to let you know that the Alpha Brain Golden Ticket Sweepstakes are still going on. And that's just a rad opportunity not only to stock up on your Alpha Brain or give Alpha Brain a try. Because if you haven't tried Alpha Brain, it's definitely one of those tools that's different than any stimulant you've had and gets your brain firing in an absolutely different way. And that's what our clinical research has shown, and that's what everybody who's tried it. You know, we've sold over a million bottles of Alpha Brain, and the results are in. It works. It's awesome. So this is a great opportunity, though, because if you get the Golden Ticket Sweepstakes, everybody is a winner, and there's a bunch of cool shit that we're giving away, from kettlebell sets to different other products, to discounts. Every single person is going to be a winner if you go to the golden ticket sweepstakes so check it out on it.com slash golden ticket and then enter the code and fill in the entry form there's going to be a grand prize for one of you which is going to be a trip out here to austin and on hq so you'll be able to come hang at the hq and do all the awesome on it things so definitely check it out go to on it.com slash golden dash ticket and get your 30 count or 90 count bottle of alpha brain I've been fortunate enough to be a part of some amazing events, both as part of Onnit and part of other organizations, but never have I assembled and been a part of a cast of people that are like my very own personal Avengers coming together to offer a transformational, informational, inspirational program, process, speaking, engagement. It's going to be really incredible. It starts Thursday, May 2nd at the Paramount Theater, where myself and Gary Vee and NQ are going to be on stage. And then the following day, we'll have myself and Emily Fletcher, one of the top meditation teachers and instructors. You might have heard her on the podcast, along with David Rutherford. In fact, everybody's been on the podcast, so you probably know this cast of characters. But we're going to be having a full day of events following on Friday the 3rd. So I really encourage you guys to be a part of this. It's one of those unique circumstances where everybody's schedules aligned. We got to put this thing together. Who knows if we'll ever be able to do it again. So this is the time. Onnit.com slash design your life. The idea is to take the KPIs out of just purely finance and purely all of these things we think we need. Yeah, that's included. Of course, we're going to be talking about that. Of course, me and Gary are going to be talking about how to up-level your entrepreneurship and your ability to create what you want to create, but what's your goal? Is it to make money or is it to be happy? And I think Gary and I both understand that a big part of this life is finding our fulfillment, our happiness, our joy, our peace, our ability to serve. All of that is going to be covered along with some of the tactical strategies to help you get all of that. So please check it out. See if you're interested. It's here in Austin. May 2nd, May 3rd, onnit.com slash design your life. I fucking can't wait to see you guys there. This week's show is with Mike Posner. Now, you might know some of his music, his songs like Cooler Than Me, I Took a Pill in Ibiza. He's had some bangers. He's had songs that most of us know and recognize, but very few of us know the man behind these songs. And what you're going to find on this podcast is a man with an immense amount of soul, who pours his heart, his spirit, and himself into his work and endeavors to make himself better all the fucking time in all the ways. And I was really just shocked, enthralled, impressed, and formed a true friendship with Mike. So I'm really excited to give you guys this podcast with music with Mike Posner. Should I play? Start? Let's, yeah, man. Okay. Let's just jump in with music, man. This is called Stuck in the Middle. All right. I think I've been there. You heard it, he said? No, I think I've been there. Oh, yeah. I live there. (laughs) 
on my shirt Puts me in the past Too tough to be without her But too afraid to ask Yeah Here I am again Stuck in the middle Here I am again, stuck in the middle Too young to settle down Too old to be in bars It's hard to take it easy It's easy to be hard Here I am again Stuck in the middle 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 Forgive me, I am building my ship as it sails How do I become who I want to be while still remaining myself? People love the old me I don't know where he's gone Too tired to be famous Too vain to be unknown yeah. Here I am again, stuck in the middle. 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 Fuck, I don't know how much more amazing music I can handle in a day. <laughs> it's so good, man. This is the single most, single material object I'm most attached to. <laughs> that makes sense, man, because yeah. it's a magic wand. It's like being fucking Harry Potter and being attached to his fucking wand because you make magic because you just brought moisture to my eyes and you let my heart open up to a song that i could identify with and feel and draw back to my own life and my own future life and everybody who hears it can do the same thing and what else but a magic fucking wand could do that and what magician wouldn't be a little bit attached to his magic <laughs> wand if he has that yeah, it's man. fucking beautiful man thank you so much thank you for listening felt good to play it in here yeah man you know, like my good friend Porangi's amazing musician, and he always talks about the difference of playing it live and then hearing it. And then today I've got the chance to sit down with Citizen Cope, which I'm a huge fan, and yeah. yourself as well. People I've been it's listening great. to for 10 years. And then hearing you guys like four feet across from me just with it's your guitar playing. Way different. It's fucking me up, man, in the best possible way. Like it's, it's really incredible. And I think that's the genesis that's the genesis of music 
And I think we get we get a part of that. We get a p we get pieces of that when we hear these tracks and we listen to Spotify and it elicits some of it, but the full force of it, the full force of it comes out like a like a heart force field when it's there. And then yeah. it's some different shit. It's a lot different when you yes, and with <laughs> with with people that play for sure. I have the same experience with other artists and friends. You just like <sighs> It's beautiful, man. Yeah. yeah, it's beautiful. So <clears throat> that's why. See, usually I like to talk first because now I'm all <laughs> fucked up. And like, what am I going to talk to you about? You know, sometimes we um to deal with this issue. I do a thing called the Ninja Show, which I I didn't make up. A woman named Amanda Palmer made it up. But basically, um, we'll tweet sometimes or Instagram post on social. Hey, I'm gonna be at. Griffith Park at 7 p.m. Mm-hmm. And I show up it's just like that, just my guitar. And my level of popularity usually like works out perfectly with this because like 100 or 200 people will come and I don't need a microphone and we can just sit and play. There's no tickets or yeah. security or anything. It's, we try to that's get awesome, closer man. to that. And that's what you were saying you did, you know, the years that you went to Burning Man, you just bring your guitar around. And as your playa gift, yeah. we just play a little music for some people. Yeah. Imagine just being at Burning Man <laughs> here with some of my fellow burners here and just being there and just receiving that and being like, what the fuck just happened there? <laughs> some magical shit. Because my, my musical memories of live music being played to me at Burning Man was some dude that had fire blowing out of his tuba and he was like in lederhosen. <laughs> and I was like, okay, yeah. fire out of your tuba and lederhosen. Like, I get it. I had this is really, some different shit. I had a really powerful experience there the first time I went um, because I was usually when I play, I get rewarded. Like, I'll usually get money in return for playing. Um, I get notoriety, often attention from the opposite sex. And uh, I started questioning myself, like, do, do I still love music or do I just love that stuff that's coming with it now? And when I got there, I was pretty much like a nobody because no one, no, most people don't recognize my face. They know my music, a few of my songs. Um, but the scene there, as you know, is very like house music driven. Mm-hmm. So those people are kind of like the stars of Burning Man, if you, sure. if you, if there is one. And yeah, I would just ride around. First, I had little trinkets that I would give as my play again. You know, <laughs> mm-hmm. like a scarf or I don't know, lights or something. I was like, what am I doing? Let me share my gift. Right. So I just ride around on my bike with the guitar on my back and I roll up on people, ask them if they want to hear a song and, and play. And and what I realized was I, I just love playing. And a lot of people didn't know who I was, most of them actually. And I, I, I loved I loved being a musician, a troubadour, man. It's it's cool. And all that other stuff, it's a byproduct. It's nice byproducts, you know. Of course. But, but if you get but tilted, I love it. if you get tilted toward doing it for a purpose other than the music itself that's probably where you lose a lot of satisfaction a lot of that internal love correct you know that can kind of keep you grounded and centered in this thing because when you're doing anything for a particular reason rather than for it being an expression of who you are then that's when i think things get a little squirrely yeah 
They have gotten squirrely for me. You know? They get squirrely for all of us. Yeah. It's called life, man. Yeah. It's a fucking squirrely, Actually, squirrely thing. Man, um, I have a mentor named David Massey. Mm-hmm. He used to run Island Records, and he just left to um, restart Arista Records. And um, when my song, I took a pill and Biza, you know the song? Yeah, I could sort of see it like bubbling up. Mm-hmm. It was got big in Scandinavia first, and it started spraggle. I, I kind of see what's happening here. I think I'm gonna have another big song. So I I, I got scared because the first time I had a big song like six years ago was a song cooler than me, and I didn't know what the heck I was doing, man. I like wasn't communicating with my family. Just everything was out of whack, you know. And um, I asked David. I said, "What's the difference between the guys who have success or gals that have success, and they go crazy?" between the ones that have success and they keep their head on straight. And he said, the ones that don't lose their mind realize that the reward is in the making of the music. Mm. So, so often we're in the studio and people, you, we got to catch ourselves and you know, have friends, especially young artists are the worst. Um, Not they, talking about you, Ellie. No, they, they, because they haven't tasted it yet. So there's this curiosity, and I I had that too. But there's this tendency to think, hey, and this goes for any artist, any medium, you know, writer, mm-hmm. painter, whatever. There's a tendency to think, hey, if I complete this and do it well, something good is going to happen after in my life, whether that be fame or success or w- with quotes and notoriety, the stuff I was saying, attention sure. from the opposite sex. But really, that's backwards. You deal with all that other bullshit so you can get back in that room and make more art. Mm-hmm. You know, that's where the reward is. Like that is that's the highest point of that album is when you finish making in the studio when you're making it in the studio. Yeah, then it's just riding, it's just riding the the ride that you've already built. But it's it, it's, done. it's I know, I mean, it's a it's a funny thing to think about because everybody thinks about being being a rock star they think about the after effects they think about being a music they think about ooh the fame ooh the girls ooh the the money ooh all of this stuff but the fucking real reward of any of this is always always the magic of doing it yeah and creating it and also when you're playing it for yourself for yourself as an expression of yourself too and it <laughs> feels like you've just emptied everything out correct and something else is playing through your fingers yeah. like that in and of itself, if you lose track of that being the thing, right, then I think that's when things you lose your you lose your your balance. Right. Yeah, your job as an artist is to make the art that you want to exist. Mm-hmm. Period. It's a good job, <laughs> and good only job. you can do it. No one else can do that for you. And everybody's a fucking artist. Correct. That's the thing. We're all artists. Like the the there's really one of the good Toltec kind of wisdoms is describing everybody as an artist. Like that's what Toltec means. That's what like Nagua means. That's what like the, the, the highest expression of yourself is to be an artist, you know, and, and looking at you as someone who's painting the masterpiece of your own life with your own paintbrush, with your own canvas, with the own way. And nobody else can paint yeah. your fucking masterpiece. Yeah. Like you are the artist. That's what Don Miguel Ruiz is talking about. That's what everybody's talking about. And it doesn't have to be with a guitar. That may not be your magic wand. Your mag- magic wand may be fucking hugs. You know, it may be just something kind to say. It may be something that you provide. It may be building a fucking building. It, it doesn't matter, but you can be an artist of your entire life 
and like let that be your expression let that be your song let how you be become your song and nobody's gonna sing that shit better than you correct correct yeah your life is your biggest piece of art Mm -hmm. yeah i feel like a song or i love that metaphor man i'm glad you used it i feel like a song or album art brush strokes on the larger piece of art which is my life yeah yeah how have you seen your life the the art that you've been creating how have you seen that change what are the palettes that have been there what are the scenes that have been painted along this long oh, man. on this long mural well I, I i believe the deeper the human the deeper the songs period you know so um i'm on a journey to go deeper with myself and uh i feel like when my f- career first started which is actually like 12 years after i started making music but when people started to listen to it um if we use the metaphor of painting painting again i had like two colors on the palette mm-hmm. you know you're painting with your fingers <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know and so i and i was good at making paintings with my fingers and those two colors i was really good at it mm-hmm. and um as i gotten older i just i i have a sort of like aphorism i live by growth over consistency you know so I'm just trying to learn more about myself, learn more about what it means to be a human, what it means to be a good human, live a good life, these kind of things. And as I ask those deeper questions, I feel like my music is deeper and more layered. And I still have those two colors. It's still on my palette, yeah. you know, but there's a lot more around them now. Yeah, I think that's a really good way to expand the metaphor is to think about your palette and all of these experiences you go through, even the really fucking hard ones and even the really incredible especially, ones, yeah. especially the hard ones, yeah. right? That gives you a whole nother palette that you can paint from that you can say to somebody else who's going through hard shit like, oh, that paint, oh, that color. Yeah, I have those colors too. You know, those colors that are forged in my blood and tears and the pain and that crawling around on the ground when I think I was going to vomit and I didn't know if I was going to cry and I didn't know what I was going to do. Like, oh, those colors? Yeah, like I got those too. And I painted this horrible nightmare with them. (laughs) You know, you want to see? Here's nightmare. You know, but I also painted this beautiful, beautiful sunrise the next day or the next week or the next year or however long it takes. And I still have these colors as accents, as contrast to let the brighter stuff come out. And appreciate the whole spectrum. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, did Q talk about um, Art is Alchemy on your podcast? I don't think he talked about that specifically. So he has this thing he says, and and like I told you earlier, he's one of my best friends. And uh, he has this thing he says that art is alchemy. He might have mentioned that. Yeah, so he says you're changing pain into something beautiful. You're taking your pain and making something beautiful out of it. And I, I love that, man. Yeah, I love that. That's the only way to do it. Or, or what else? Are you going to just make pain stew and just roast it your yeah. whole life? Like, <laughs> yeah. You might as well put some other spices in there. You might as well make it a dish. You know, like right. it might be one ingredient, yeah. but take that ingredient and then make it something else. You know, like Correct. transfer that to someone else's, someone else's comfort or someone else's something. Like that's, I think, one of the defining things that I've learned is that no matter how bad or how hard the shit that's going on, and it's all subjective, right? Like, objectively people might look at me and be like yeah hard aubrey marcus yeah fucking good good job or hard mike poser yeah i'm sure it was hard bro you know but it's all it's all subjective right like our pain is as real as our pain is real to us you know and so 
like recognizing that and then going into the depth of that and knowing that I'll have learning for me. I'll expand my palate. I'll have something that I'll gain from that. And not only will I be able to gain from that, I'll be able to mine from that gold mine of darkness deep in the dark caverns where if the dwarves kept digging the bad things came out like that that deep except the bad things don't come out because through the bottom you find treasure you know you find like some some lesson something you can be grateful for and then you can bring that out and show it out in the light and say like hey here's this little morsel of treasure this little diamond this ruby that i found deep in the caverns of how to get out of this thing or something i learned right. and then share that and it alchemizes it into a gift correct you know and those are the gifts most precious those ones that are found in the deep so often i agree that's it, <laughs> i agree yeah so i that's what i feel my job is you mm -hmm. know but i think from the outside people may think my job is to record and tour, record and tour. I feel my job is to explore the sort of fringes of society, ask those deep questions, do weird things that most people don't get the chance to do. Like I spend some time in like monastery and solitude, this kind of thing. I just want to see what happens and then report back. Mm -hmm. That's what I think my job is. Yeah. And that's why I'm doing the walk and this whole thing. Yeah, so so talk about that because that's one of the things that seems like something that requires an immense commitment. And I remember, and so you've you've committed yourself to walking with your feetsies yeah. across America. These two, those two things, yeah. those two, they look so fragile and pink. They're very how tasty. Are you, how are you going to do that, Mike? <laughs> Seems to be a bold one, endeavor. One step at a time. Oh, you know, I set you up for that. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But um, this is one of my intentions. Well, I have several. One is that every place I go, leave it a little better than when I got there. Don't just like lurch out of these little towns and, you know, exploit them. Or just try to, whether it's playing the guitar or something, just try to make it a little mm -hmm. better. Um, last man, secondly, one of my big goals is to be okay with not being done. I don't, about, I don't know about you, but most of my life, pretty much all my life, I've been obsessed with achieving goals. So I create a goal and I'll go like hell towards it, man. Mm -hmm. And there's always a sense of, um, Something's wrong until I get it. Now, if I do the walk this way, I'll fail because the goal is so far away, 3,000 miles. So I have to learn how to be okay with being partway done and and be complete with being incomplete and, and just be there in the moment, not be obsessed with, or it's 10 miles in this day left or you know, there's 2,000 miles left. I'll go crazy, I'll fail, you know, so I really have to learn to do that. Yeah. It's a long, protracted lesson in presence is really what you're saying, right? Like being present with where, you are, where you're at, and that's such a valuable thing to learn, and the, and the way that which you're choosing to learn it is this long walk, and I think that's beautiful, and it reminds me of this Sufi quote, I've quoted it many times, it's from Hafez, and it says, wherever you are right now, wherever you are right now, God circled that place for you on a map. Yeah. You know what I mean? And most of the time that place is incomplete as fuck. Yeah. 
We're in process, always in process. All there is is the process. All of these summits that we think we have to climb, these goals that we have are all just false summits because as soon as you get there, you're looking to the next summit immediately. And if you keep doing that and just keep looking forward towards the next thing and never actually acknowledge where you are, you'll fast forward your whole way through the entirety of life. Miss your life. Yeah. You know, because there is really only one destination and that's only a temporary destination and that's death and that's just like one stop on the train that doesn't end correct you know and so if you're not enjoying the process of wherever the fuck you are well you know may want to take some time to reflect on that yeah and if we could just do that like all of these self-help books and talks and things like that like just be be like ramdas says be here now yeah like when you're kissing, like kiss the person. When you're tasting food, like ta- like taste it, like really taste it. You know, when you smell something good, just fucking smell it. When you hear something good, hear it. You know, when you're walking, like feel your feet moving. Enjoy mm-hmm. that. You can do that. That's the enlightenment, man. Like that's like you that's won. the you fucking won. It you doesn't won. matter like what else. Oh, great, you accomplished what? I don't care. Yeah. Are you happy now? Are you happy here? Like, are you content with where you are? Like, those are the more, way more important questions. You know, those are the people that I would admire over anyone as the people who can carry that kind of presence through their whole existence. That's fucking mastery to me. And that's something that, you know, I think some part of us has to almost achieve the goals to realize that the goals don't matter so much. Amen. Amen. And I feel blessed that. I feel like my the people who listen to my music have gifted me, gifted me the opportunity to explore what life's about when you stop chasing shiny things. And the way they gifted that to me was by giving me a bunch of their money collectively when I was a a, a very young man. And that, that happened to me. I had to learn it. You know, everyone told me money isn't buy happy. Money isn't buy happiness. Like, sure, motherfucker, give yeah, me that money. I go, yeah, you didn't make enough. Watch me. <laughs> yeah. You know, watch me. Watch what I do. And so I, I got to, I was, you know, what? It's 22, you know, all this success. I had the fast car, like the house. Porsche. Windows. Yeah. And uh, I realized, man, I feel 0% more comfortable in my own skin, 0% more secure, 0% more happy. My experience of life was exactly the same, just different circumstances. Whoops. Right? You know? But it wasn't even whoops, because I no, learned. No, it was perfect. I, le- I had to do that myself. There's no amount of times I could have heard money doesn't buy happiness that I would have believed it. I had to live it. And um, I feel really grateful for that, man. It was two other things I wanted to say, man. Um, one... I like what you said about death, and in theory, I agree with it, but I don't really know. Mm. I don't know if anyone really knows. You need to do more DMT. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, perhaps, and uh, (laughs) and uh, but but death for me has been a great teacher over the last few years, and at some point, should yeah, it's been great. I think it all becomes a great teacher for everyone. Um, just over two years ago, my dad died, and um, at the time, man, I was like riding high on. I took a pill, Biza Success, man, it was going like really well. And my mom called and was like, "Hey, 
dad has a tumor the size of a tangerine in his head. They're going to take it out tomorrow. So I end up selling my house in L.A. I basically moved back to where I grew up and, and then helped my dad die. He ended up having brain cancer. And uh, it's just, man, every time someone dies. So then, you know, like, eight, I don't know how long it was after that, a year, and my buddy Avicii died. That shit was, that was shocking, you know. It was mm -hmm. like, he wasn't an everyday friend in my life, but we worked together every year a few times and I worked with him like a year a month before he he died and every, every it just kept reminding me you're gonna die too man you're gonna die too and you need to focus more on what matters to you like what really matters to you and you need to stop putting off the shit that you really want to do one of those things was the walk I wanted to do this for years you know, you kind of got to start the thing in early spring because the way the seasons work. I missed it last year. And when Tim died, man, I was like, I'm going on that walk. I'm doing it. I mean, you know, people I work with, what do you mean, not going to do any shows? No. <laughs> what do you mean, we're not going to make any money from shows the whole year? No, I got to do, do, I got to do my life. That's a formula that has been laid out. It works for a lot of people. That's great. But this is my life. This is my painting. And this is my next stroke and my next brush stroke. And the other thing I wanted to say, man, was uh, this, this day that changed my life was um, a buddy of mine took me to meet Ramdas, who you mm. mentioned. And uh, we went to his house in, in Maui. And I think I had read Be Here Now and I maybe listened to some of his lectures online. And... Uh, we went and sat in like his uh, couch, and he he came in, and you know, he had a stroke, so he's on a like a motorized chair. And he looked at us, with big you know, big blue eyes, and he said a bunch of sh stuff that I've heard him say before. And we talked for maybe 30, 45 minutes, and he said, "Okay, it's time for you guys to go." We got up, I walked out of the house. I felt like I got hit with a tidal wave. I, like my, I felt like I was high on something. I like keeled over and almost started crying. And I thought, what the heck just happened, man? And uh, what I think happened is this is a guy who's done the work. Yeah. You know, like the meditation for all decades and decades. And you can feel it. When you're around those people. Yep. And it's reminding me of what you were saying just a minute ago. A, of like it's different when you're around those people that sync, can play. And B, how your real measure of success now is those people that can enjoy the present moment. And I agree. I feel the same way. It's like you meet you meet certain people along the path, and they're not famous, or whatever, but you feel real good around them. Yeah, and that's the measure of that, like that success, you know. And uh, that day changed my. I went and read, read "Be Here Now" like ten more times, <laughs> man. And at the end of that book, there was all these like weird things you could try. I started sleeping on the floor. I started like changing my diet, and that day just really changed my life because I thought. I didn't think, hey, man, I'm meeting like a, 
a deity or something. I felt like I'm meeting a guy who did the work and just Same being thing. just being with him was a transcendent experience. Mm-hmm. And I right then I thought, I want to do that for other people. What what's more important to do than that? So that's sort of been my goal ever since. I just try to do that, try to be like that. People ask me all the time, you know, they ask the question like, because I'm always gearing myself toward i'm pushing myself towards all the shadows my fears all right what am i what am i afraid of okay i'm gonna go head straight there and i'm gonna go work on that thing and i'm gonna go right into the direction of the greatest resistance because i believe in the hypothesis that there is a place beyond that resistance and one of the reasons why i believe in that hypothesis is i met don miguel ruiz and spent a week with him Mm. in, in mexico and just being around him again, it wasn't so much what he said. I've read Mastery of Love. I read The Toltec Art of Life and Death wasn't out then, but I read Four Agreements. I've read his works. I've, I understood what he was going to say. And it wasn't what he said particularly. He had a few gems and things that sure. I've taken and remembered. But it was watching how from the first time he hugged me, he hugged me like I was a friend that he hadn't seen in 10 years, but had loved me his whole life. You know, I was like, wow, that was pretty cool. But he did that with every single person. Like every hug was that present and that full of love, even though he didn't know him. And I was like, well, that's something interesting. And then I watched him every sunset, looking out quietly out at the sun setting over the water Mm. in just pure presence and awe. And he maintained that. And it wasn't just the sunset. Every time he would sip a glass of wine, every time he would have a bite of food, every time he would talk, he maintained that. And granted, yeah, I had the sample of only a week, so... Maybe he has his shitty days. And I'm whatever. sure. But you know, but knowing that he could maintain that for a week around a lot of people asking him a lot of questions and yeah. a lot of things, I was like, oh, it is at least mostly possible. Yeah. It is mostly possible to be in a state where you're just so present and so happy and so content. And like, so I believe in that. I believe that the work yields a positive result. And I've felt the modicums of suffering release i've felt these traps that i've been in these bars that i've found myself in of jealousy and insecurity and the need for validation i've start felt these start to loosen and soften and sometimes break apart entirely and okay maybe there's still some other bars and some other traps but i'm looking at them and when i see them i go okay oh great more stuff perfect let's go because i believe that there's a way that we can enter the kingdom of heaven, which is right here, right now, available to us always. It's a state of mind and it's an expression, not a destination. Correct. And I fucking believe that. I do too. And that's the that's the point. What yeah. other point is there? Like yeah. what is what is more important than that? Like Nothing. I don't I don't think there's anything else. Mm-mm. But then you have to, like you said, you have to avoid those counter pressures. You have to avoid those people like perhaps your age, I don't know about your agent manager, but whoever was saying, like, what are you gonna do? You're not making money? Like what about this or what about this you got this to do if you're really if your goal really is to be and to grow and to expand and to be who you truly are you have to listen to those with kindness and say thank you for your input i appreciate that and i understand the paradigm by which you're explaining that however as he said this is my masterpiece yeah and like my purpose is to be not to do not to please you not to show anything else and that takes fucking courage man takes courage to do that and a constant reminder because you'll get sucked in you'll get sucked into little traps and little get pulled one way and you'll be afraid of one thing or you'll be craving another thing and you're just reminding yourself like what am i really fucking here to do okay i'm here to be i'm here to be 
a person like Don Miguel, not him, that's him, that's, that's who he is, but in that much present, a person like Ramdas, you know, where you can just pour that much love out, you know, to come as love, to be love, not just to love things, but to be love mm. itself. Well, that's, that's a fucking worthy goal. <laughs> you know, like that's something that like, if I remember that, everything else can kind of line up, but it still takes courage to take each step towards that correct you know what were some of the gems <laughs> well one of the gems was is that he he uh he suffered like a really uh, i think it was a stroke as well and something that had him hospitalized wow. and one of his big teachings is that we have control over our emotional states and that there is you know there's no reason to bring yourself out of the present moment and indulge an emotional state. He, he thinks of it like a wave, you know, like if you're surfing, right? And you're in the, in the right spot. To catch the wave, you have to paddle, you know? But like, there might be a little ruffle, but if you don't paddle with the wave, you don't have to go with the emotion. So he teaches like autonomy and sovereignty over our emotional body through presence, through stillness. Mm. And that's one of his like big messages that he teaches. So he's finally wakes up from his this kind of partial coma that he's in and i might be getting some of the medical details wrong but the story right and his son uh don miguel ruiz jr was in comes to go visit him in the hospital he pops up you know he wakes up and his son's like oh papa oh papa oh papa oh my god oh, blah, 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 and starts to kind of lose it a little bit because his dad just woke up and he's like really emotional and he says hi son how about you step outside of the hospital room, go fix yourself and come back so that you can, so that I can see you as you are. And his son's like, oh, what the fuck, you know? But even in that moment of like, you know, his teaching stayed consistent. Of course he wanted to like embrace his son and hold it, but like not that way, yeah. you know, not to like, not to even in that moment to indulge in those feelings of pity and in those feelings of loss that he might say just, no, 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 like, I love you, but let this emotion roll through you and then connect with me, your father, and, like, mm -hmm. honor me that way. Like, honor me yeah. with that with that emotional presence and that emotional sovereignty, you know? And, like, so even though it's, like, just so consistent through it, and it sounds almost, like, ruthless, but it's, like, teaching that, like, no matter what, no matter if you're, you're you know, in this case, he, his, the father was dying and near death, like, there's no time to be sad and to lose your control. Like maintain the presence always, you know? So like stories like that, that he told have always stuck with me because that's something that like I've it's taken a lot for me to learn and I'm not even, <laughs> not even always, always that good at it. You know, there's ways that I'll exaggerate my emotions and get hyperbolic and fantasize about these things that are happening and completely lose my bearings which is basically me paddling on these shit waves heading straight into a rock <laughs> cliff you know and i'm like yeah we're going here's the anger wave i'm going what's the result i don't know smashing head first against the rocks as fucking per usual you know rather than like okay yeah let's just let this thing move through me and like keep the perspective of appreciation and gratitude for life that we're in so yeah, I mean, and, and that's uh, that's a tough that's a tough practice, but yields so much so much joy when you're able to do it. When you can have like sovereignty over those forces that 
trying to drive you into the to the shallows to dash you on the rocks yeah what have been some of the uh what have been some of the the hard things that you've really felt like you've learned from you know some of the things that maybe you didn't expect or some of the things that have hit you really hard some of the things that have kind of knocked you down in a way that was like whoa this is some heavy shit for me I had a really beautiful. I don't want to go too too much detail about it because it's not entirely my story. Mm-hmm. If it was, I would give you it all. But um, I had a really beautiful uh, relationship I was in right year, and it ended about a year ago. That's man, that was no joke. Man, it took me like a year to get get off of that. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know why. It was it was heavy, man. You don't know why. Do you, is that true? Well, I got theories. Okay. What are one your theories? Is, well, I mean, one is um, perhaps I didn't fully grieve my father's death. And when that, this breakup happened, I had to deal with that as well. Uh, and I just felt, I felt like a, a failure. Mm-hmm. I feel like a failure. That's and it. I also know. Sorry, to interrupt you, man. Yeah, but I'm keep just going. Remembering the third part. And this, I can say, this is with more certainty, mm-hmm. less theory, more certainty. I need everyone to like me. So, like, I could be working on what matters to me, but if I hear, "Oh, so and so is upset," I'll shift my whole focus. And I have to like fix that somehow. It's a flaw, because of course, no, not everyone's gonna like me, you know. Um, so I think just the the mental story of maybe this person's upset with me, which I don't even know. Kind of talking to him, it messed with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we all have we all have that man. I mean, we all have everybody around us is a reflection by which we look back at ourselves and decide whether we're worthy of love right so anytime we go through a breakup we've externalized a source of our own validation our own worthiness of love through their love for us i'm worthy of love because look who loves me this person loves me yeah you know and the moment we do that you know we're we're in for we're in for a difficult experience inevitably because time will take that love always in the phys- in the physical sense at least you know with death or with anything that happens something is going to happen to take that unless so anything that we externalize whether that's the approval of your fans or peers or friends or parents or loved ones or the worthiness that we get from all of these external sources leave us incredibly vulnerable and to the extent by which we give you know our own worthiness of love to the mirrors that we place on everybody else you know, we open ourselves up to deep suffering. Yeah. And from, you know, I've done that. I'm now, this is like encapsulating the, the heaviest work, the heaviest lifting that I've done over the past five years, because I was putting fucking mirrors on everything. You know, I was putting mirrors between my girlfriend's legs. Oh yeah. How am I doing? Am I good? Am I a man? Oh yeah. You like that? You okay. Good. That means must be I'm a man. That must mean I'm worthy of love. That must mean I'm like, I'm sexually 
viable and i must be really cool because you like me oh wait you like somebody else sexually oh fuck what does that mean oh may you like them oh do you like them better oh no oh god oh god i'm not a man i've never was a man i'm a pussy i knew it i can't oh my god right like so you set yourself up for that and then the heart you do the same thing like okay well you know no matter what i may not always love myself but you always love me right you always love me the best you always love me the most oh no you don't love me the most oh no oh god you don't love me the most oh god i don't, i'm not worthy of love i'm a piece of shit <laughs> you know like this is the thing that we always do until finally you have to realize like i just am i am it's pretty much the only true statement that i can fully always make is i am and i am is enough and like that is the that is the place that we're all aiming for but it's so hard it's so hard to get there but so possible to get there because you can get it you can get it a little bit more like get a little bit more love like of yourself and foster a little more security and sovereignty and understanding that you don't need to see anything else from anybody else to love yourself and love the expression of yourself and even love the people that don't love you love them from a perspective of like I got, I just got love here and you got your story and that's okay. You know, but I'm gonna love you anyways, you know, and that's coming as love. And like that, that lesson, that's the, that's the life's, that's the life's work. Yeah. You know, it's to start to remove that. But, and so you can look at these things like these breakups, like, great. Wow. Wow. Look how much love of myself I'd outsourced to this other person. Correct. <laughs> you know, interesting. Yeah. And then it's a good reflect. I'm trying to think of a different metaphor than mirror, but it yeah, illuminates some of your flaws and that's what it does. That's what it does. It just shows you, just shines a light on areas that like, oh, okay. Okay. Like I see, I see now. But when in the light, when that's when that's coming up, it's not all pretty like this. It's not all smooth like this. It's like fucking sucks, man. (laughs) I mean, these are moments like I'm glossing over this. I'm I'm literally like crawling around on the ground like don't not not knowing if i'm gonna vomit or just curl up in a ball like praying to fucking divinity for help playing like please universe i can't take this anymore yeah you know like those those were the times i started really praying like i don't i don't pray much it's not part of my practice i mean i've connected to what i would call source or the universe or god or spirit or but but praying wasn't something except when i really needed it Right. And I really had no other option <laughs> other than vomiting and shitting myself on the ground, which I was already doing anyway, so it wasn't helping. God damn, so I was like, it, I'm telling you, man. <laughs> so in that moment, you're like, please, please, please. The tears streaming down my face, like, please. And and I got a message at that point. I got the, the message from source or whatever you want to call it. There's so many nomenclatures that carry so much weight, but said, the sun does not judge itself by the shadows that it cast. And that just like, like banged into my head. That's hard. The sun does not judge itself by the shadows that, that it cast. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. And that was it. That was the turning point for me. That was like my deepest heart of darkness. And the turning point was that moment where I realized that I was judging my own sun my own love who i was as the sun my ability to spread light to draw sprouts from the soil to warm skin to do all these i was judging it by all the things that i was doing by the sprouts by the skin by everything the shadows that i was creating as my love splashed into other people and caused reactions when the sun is just the sun it doesn't need to prove itself it's not like it goes around looking looking down at rio de janeiro and like 
burn some asses today i'm killing it bro <laughs> you know like it doesn't need to do that it's the fucking sun killing it bro. <laughs> you know like it's not judging it's oh cloudy today i'm a loser fucking cloudy day you know like the sun is not it's not capricious like that it just knows that it is the sun and like we're all the sun every single one of us is the sun and we don't need to be constantly judging ourselves by the affectation that we have that's some deep shit I didn't learn it then, of course. I'm still I haven't learned it. That'll probably be the thing that's yeah. like the it's finger pointing to the different moon. Different to know it then. Different to know it. it. That's a fucked up thing too, right? To like you think you know something and then you go deeper and you're like, oh. So you know it intellectually. You know it intellectually versus like knowing it somatically. Yeah. We know all this shit already. We need to know <laughs> with our brain. You might be here now 10 yeah, times. We're good. You don't need to walk across America. No, you I just got to live it now. <laughs> yeah. You know? And then just being comfortable with that fact, like, all right, we're just in process. We're just human. Just because we intellectually know it doesn't mean that we're going to fucking nail it. That doesn't mean that. Nobody, I mean, if it was that easy, like, everybody would, everybody would already done it. All you do is read a book. You're like, got it. You know, like, I watch. You know crazy thing? If there is this thing, enlightenment, that we're talking about, it has to come through the present moment. So what I mean when I say that, if you conceptualize anyone who's ever tapped into that mindset, whatever that means to you, they weren't thinking about the future or past when they did it, right? Nope. So the only doorway for us to enter that space is right now. <laughs> yep. Like we're not on a, we're not on a, path we're, we're we are done. the path we're done yeah it's yeah. here we did it <laughs> one of my spiritual teachers one of his one of his affirmations that he teaches is i know who i am in truth i know what i am i know how i serve in truth i know what i am in tr- i know who i am in truth i know what i am in truth i know how i serve in truth i am here i am here i am here or i am free i am free i am free like it's just an acknowledgement of who you are right now and knowing that who you are right now contains the perfectness of who you are. It's not something you're not adding the perfectness to you. You already are the perfectness. You just have to embrace the perfectness of who you are right now here. You know, that's, you're absolutely right. Like, it's not like, we think of it like we're building things, like a video game, right? Like in a video game, you got to go and you got to acquire skills and your strength points go up and your disco points go up. And all right, maybe that's a useful metaphor, right? Or if you're in black belt, maybe you learn the kata, you learn the move, and then you get a new belt and then you blah, blah, blah. But like we're already the black belt inside ourselves. We're already the the perfect attunement of source inside ourselves. We just have to acknowledge it and be willing to surrender and let go to that part of ourself that is already there and that's the that's the interesting thing but to do that sometimes it does require a walk across the entire country to help <laughs> you find that you are already on the other side of that walk you know this doesn't mean you don't have to do the walk you still have to do the walk but the the completion of you you're already carrying inside you done it's done done congrats <laughs> congrats everybody <laughs> You made it. You did it. You're yeah. already there. You're already perfect. You're already all of you. Everybody. I'll play another song. Let's fucking do it. It's reminding me of a song.
It's about this. I think I'll buy a gun and blame it on my hometown It's so cold in the deep She asked me if I think I'll ever see her again I say hopefully But maybe that's how it's supposed to be Maybe that's how it's supposed to be my heroes all died young, they hung themselves with fame And these lunatics molded me I got a tattoo, it's a joke I keep a secret I need everyone to notice me But maybe that's how it's supposed to be 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 I think I'll die young With all my broken dreams I've got it figured out This is the golden key Everything is how it's supposed to be I think this is how it's supposed to be We messed it all up, now the world is getting warmer Soon LA will be out at open sea Meanwhile I'm falling down, my heart is getting colder I hurt everyone close to me Maybe that's how it's supposed to be 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 I think I'll die young With all my broken
yeah, brother. Maybe this is how it's supposed to be. More, like everybody listening, like, like take that in. Maybe this right now, where you are, wherever you're listening to this, is exactly how it's supposed to be. Everything that's happened to make this moment happen now, right here, is exactly how it's supposed to be. You didn't fuck up. You didn't go left when you should have gone right. It's exactly how it's supposed to be, right here. And you can fucking smile and see how big that smile spreads. Mm-hmm. And, and take that in, let yourself, give yourself permission. Even if you take it away in a little while, it's okay. Give yourself permission for just a minute. Just a minute to think this is exactly how it's supposed to be. Don't put any buts or caveats. Well, well, but I'm not feeling so well. Or but, but I didn't sleep so well last night. Well, but yeah, I got bills to pay. Well, but my student loans aren't paid. No, 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 no. It's exactly how it's supposed to be. <laughs> Feels good. <laughs> Feels good, man. Feels really good. It's a taste, you know. We always make it through. We always make it through the hard stuff. There's probably times when in this breakup, you know, or when grieving your father, you didn't know if things would ever be right. I don't know if things will ever be right. We'll doubt that and we'll like worry and wonder, but we always make it through. We always have some deeper wisdom on the other side, some more gratitude that we can summon, some more appreciation you know, for the next time we get to be with our father or be with our lover, we can like bring that in now, you know, and those moments of presence, they just stretch for infinity. They're not like, you don't have to worry about how long they last because they're infinite in the present. The present is, is, it is a taste of infinity, but we get these special fucking bodies and we get to do that. So like, don't take it all for granted. You know, I'm probably going to see my mom, maybe a hundred more times in my life. She's, you know, over 70 now. Am I going to be there for those hundred times or am I going to like wait till the last five to really be there? Well, if I really pay attention and do it right, I'll be there all hundred now, you know? Like maybe I'll get to kiss a lover. I don't know thousand more times two thousand who knows who knows how long it'll last but it's but can i number, can i be there there's it's a it's finite it's finite like so all right so let's fucking let's fucking be there you know let's fucking be there so that when we pass out of this body and we look back and we go wow was i there did i do it and it's like fuck yeah i did actually you know i kissed the kisses i tasted the food i smelled the armpits i did the things i fucking did it like I fucking, I was there. I was there. I lived it. No regrets in that life. Yeah, no regrets in that life. Not going to be worried about the accolades or the doubters or whether we please somebody who didn't really give a shit anyways. You know, like all these people we think give a shit about shit, they don't give a shit. They think about themselves. <laughs> exactly, yeah. man. They don't really care. <laughs> Some of them care a little bit and the closest ones to you maybe care a little bit more, but... Like, if they really care, they just want you to be. That's all they want. Like, that's all everybody wants. And that's all that we're going to want. We're just going to want to be like, wow, 
when I had a body, did I did I like enjoy that stuff? Like, was I there for that? Like, okay. And if that answer is yes, like you fucking won. I don't care. You won. You totally won. And any approximation therein, you won. And wherever you are right now has set you up for that winning hand. It doesn't matter what's happened. Like we all have that opportunity. That I think is the most like important message to spread in a world that panders and celebrates all of these fucking trophies, all these accolades. Mm. Nah. Nah. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, man. I want to acknowledge you for spreading it. Thank you, brother. That's it, that's it. What you're doing is um a positive for the world. It's a lot of ways you can make a living and not all of them um leave a net positive on the world. Some right. of them explicitly leave a net negative mm-hmm. impact. And I just think what you're doing is is the world's just a little better because of it. No, thank you, brother. Yeah. And honestly the really what i'm doing is i'm trying to as much as anything heal myself you know and just open up the windows to the to the house that i'm cleaning you know like this is is me just opening the windows like hey okay everybody look in this is this is i have a mess over here it's fucking broken glass that i created when i smashed that bottle over my own head and here's the fucking spilled beer that you want to see i'm gonna clean it i'm gonna do my best to clean it now i stepped on it a few times my foot's bleeding and i'm dragging this all over the carpet but (laughs) here it is like the windows are open you know like look in and and that's that's all we can do man you can't expect perfection it's not about what i'm like projecting i'm just trying to like trying to figure its shit out and just but i just want to leave the blinds open it's like those kitchens now in all the good restaurants you can see the chefs cooking so you just don't know they don't drop a fucking chicken breast on the ground and slap (laughs) that shit in the pan and serve you some fucking dog hair you know uh, on your chicken piccata right like you want to like just see it and that's all that's all that we can all do is just live our life like those chefs that are out in the open like here's how i'm cooking you know like here's all this stuff and that sometimes come out in songs or poems or podcasts or words or whatever, but just fucking open the blinds, even if it's a mess, because it's still going to be medicine. You know, always. That's all there is. Just open them up. Let people in. I agree. Yeah, no doubt. Well, brother, good luck on your fucking walk. Thank you. Are you coming through Austin? Are you going to like stroll Negative. through? Maybe I'll, no. I'm, I'm not and That's going not the right Austin. tour, right? Yeah. Um, I think, just the way the seasons work. It would you're going, be, you're going a little higher. So you're gonna be going through like I want to go through um, Detroit was important. Oh to wow, me. you're way going, you're way going. So high. yeah, I started at Asbury Park, New Jersey, and I walk across Jersey, across Pennsylvania, across Ohio, up to Detroit, Michigan. That's where I'm from, and then I'll go Indiana, Illinois, down to Kansas. I walk across. All the Kansas, <laughs> then Colorado, um, Arizona, a little bit of Nevada and California, uh, and then Venice Beach. Oh, yeah. Well, I'll probably be crying then. <laughs> I bet you will, man. I bet you will. I bet, and I bet a lot of people will be crying along the way. You know, as they as they see you open the open the windows to your own soul. Yeah. You know, and that's and that's the purpose. So. Yeah. Maybe I'll share a few miles with you, and if not, I'll share a Please big hug do. when you get to anytime, Venice. Anytime, anytime. Yeah. If not, man, I'll just knock on this door. <laughs> yeah, here it you is. Know? I'm back. <laughs> knock on this door. I'm back. I got blisters. I'm ragged. 
I don't smell great. I'm wrecked. Make me a make me a smoothie, Aubrey, please. I got about three more miles. (laughs) (laughs) Beautiful man. Well, thanks for sharing your medicine with the world. Oh, final question. Final question. Please. Did you actually take a pill in Ibiza? Yeah. (laughs) But it's not but um yeah, if you listen really listen to this song, not to glorify, you know. Um I was a at the time, my career was at a standstill, um, and Avicii, he always rocked with me. So no matter if my songs were on the chart or whatever, he always wanted to work with me. So we made all these songs, man. Most of them aren't out. just on my laptop. But we probably made north of 10 songs, you know. Um, anyways, he wanted me to come out uh, to Sweden to work with him so i flew out there and like i had nothing going on at the time because my career was like kind of dead you know um i was still working really hard on music but there was no like shows or release or anything so i said man i'm going to sweden i'm gonna i'm gonna spend a little time in europe you know Mm -hmm. and uh so we he i knew he had a gig in ibiza after so i sort of like half invited myself i was like man you mind if i roll with you to that <sighs> show he's like nah it's all good man come so i went out there and uh he was playing fuck man i never get emotional telling shit where i am now he was playing and uh i was jealous of him because I wanted to be on the stage and he was on the stage and he was killing it. And so I, I, that was when I still drank. So I got, I was, got really drunk and I was walking around the, the, like the crowd. And I was really like hoping someone would recognize me. Cause I thought, oh, it's like you talking about putting the mirror in the wrong place. I was like, well, that would probably make me feel a little better, like I'm not mm. a huge fucking failure right now. And uh, and these guys came they're like, Mike Posner? I was like, yeah. <laughs> and uh, you want one of these pills? And like I said, I was already drunk at the time. So I was like, all right, fuck it. And I take took the pill. I was up all night. And the next day, I just felt like death, man. Like I said in the song. I felt 10 years older the next day. And uh, shit, man, every time I sing that song now, it's it's dedicated to him Mm. every time. Because not everyone, not everyone gets to like talk about this stuff like we are now. Some people like, like you were saying, it takes courage, you know, and all those pressures and stuff, like not everyone makes it through that shit, you know? And I just I just realized like my dad died, Avicii died, and Mac Miller died. And one day I'm gonna die. Hopefully it's not soon, but I don't know. And until then I'm I'm gonna live. I'm gonna live my life and I'm gonna live it up. And people have an opinion about that, that's great, man. I love you. You you have a positive opinion about it. I love you. 
negative. I love you, but it doesn't, it doesn't matter so much your opinion because I'm 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 doing my life and I'm making my painting, and I fucking love the way it looks. <laughs> okay, hey. that's the state that it's always been the the goal for me. You know, to live so fully, to taste those infinite moments, to be able to look out at the expanse of our whole painting and say. If today was the day, today is a good day to die. I'm good. I'm man. good. Today is a good day to yeah. die. Yeah. Okay. Hey. I'm glad Mike I met Posner. you, bro. I'm glad we met too. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm learning quickly that a recommendation to meet someone from NQ is a very strong recommendation. Well, he's fucking hitting them out of the park. Yeah, he's he's special, man. He's a special. We dude. have a group we call the Amigos. It's oh, me, shit. him. Alex Benayan. And which one of you dates Cardi B? <laughs> we kept the A on front. Okay. Amigo. <laughs> and Elliot Biznow. Yeah. Um, we started something. We just, it's crazy, man. The last two years, we came. It's weird you like 30 and you make some best friends, but we became best friends like the last few years. Keep making best friends, man. Yeah. As you keep evolving, you keep attracting that that same type of energy that you're putting out. You wouldn't have been ready to be best friends with all these guys when you're when you were younger so it all happens it's all happened as exactly as it should as how it's supposed to be how it's supposed to be yeah love you man thanks for coming on this was fucking amazing love you too anything you you want to point people to anywhere they could kind of check you out yo yo follow me on the gram bro (laughs) give me (laughs) lots of red hearts give me some fucking yo if you can uh if you can leave a review for me (laughs) uh i'm available for weddings and bar mitzvahs (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> can you imagine bro we end that deep pocket just some shameless yo man I got a show coming up <laughs> tickets are like half sold out man. check it out it'd be great tell a friend yes yes that's what <laughs> I was looking for five stars on iTunes man <laughs> uh, you're the best man thank Me you too. so much Mike it's thank a fucking you. real pleasure thank, thank you everybody peace Thanks for tuning in, everybody. I hope you guys enjoyed not only the podcast, but the music. Make sure you follow Posner and all of his songs and download, listen, check him out. He's got some really incredible albums out there. One of the albums, you listen through the whole thing, and it's this very emotional journey talking about a lot of the things that we talked about on this podcast. I really encourage you guys to explore his library of work. And then, of course, as I mentioned in the commercial at the start, onit.com slash design your life myself and gary v on stage at the paramount theater with nq spitting fire and then the following day with emily fletcher and david rutherford it's like the cast of my version of the avengers all coming together and i can't be more excited about this event so please check it out i hope to see you guys there onit.com slash design your life and of course check out everything else i got going aubreymarcus.com sign up for the newsletter peep it all leave some reviews too everybody please we love hearing these reviews i've been actually spending some time going through and reading and and hearing the constructive criticism and also receiving the praise from both the podcast and the book own the day so thank you so much to everybody who's left a review both on the podcast and the book and everything else i fucking love you guys you're the best i'll see you next week